Hi, I'm James Schillinglon. I'm here at Virtuoso Travel Week once again with a familiar face. We've interviewed Matthew Upchurch, who's the chairman and CEO of Virtuoso many times over the years. But this is a little different, and this is kind of the first full Virtuoso Travel Week back. We were back here last year, but we had about 1,500. This time we had 4,000 plus, plus another 1,000 virtual. And this really felt like a, a real travel week. We're, we're going to talk to Matthew about that and a whole lot more about Virtuoso, the organization, about luxury travel, and a lot of topics, too many probably to even, you know, we, we usually can't get off out of here with, without uh, two or three interviews. But uh, if we do it, we'll, get, we'll see him again sometime, I'm sure. But that's it. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider travel report. Now, Matthew, uh, first off, let's talk about this particular meeting. Um, it really does seem like it's back now, right? I tell you what, I've been doing this a long time, 30 plus years, and I have never been less tired and more energized. It's, it's just unbelievable to see. You know, obviously, we had about 1,500 last year mostly domestic you know some but we have a hundred countries represented here so 4,300 here in Vegas and uh, 700 uh, virtually and it's just been the energy has been palpable um, you know there's nothing like throwing in you know 300 Italians and the Greeks and the Latins and the Aussies we have the largest Australian contingent um, that we've ever it's had. It's great they're back I mean we, I, I got there a few weeks after they opened earlier this year and it's amazing to have them back. Yeah so the energy is really palpable and uh, and business is booming so you got both you know the incredible feeling of being back together and this and you know we've always had about 70% repeaters and 30% new. Right. So we have a thousand people here for the first time on both sides, advisors and, and partners. Um, and you mix that in there and because you know this is our community, people kind of adopt everybody. I told all the first timers to put their little bat, their little ribbon that says I'm a first timer. Mm -hmm. I said, because first they'll feel sorry for you and then they'll <laughs> embrace you. Um, and, but it's just been amazing. Everybody's been raving about it and um, it's just really cool to see. You had a few changes where now you have the suppliers sitting instead of the travel advisors. Yeah. Um, still haven't heard the reaction to that one, but we'll see what happens. No, I mean, We have heard the reaction. Oh, no, no, already. I mean, obviously we do massive surveys afterwards, but all the preliminary feedback is amazing. Um, and also we did something that was a little more humane. Instead of four minutes, it's eight minutes now. Um, and people are liking that. But also the way we've set up the campus. I mean, when you come here, it's not just the tracks anymore. We have the Cruise Cafe, the Partners Lounge. We have a new thing called the Pinnacle Lounge, which are for the top producers that have their own little oasis. Kind of think of uh, flagship lounge, right? right. Uh, kind of a thing. So a lot of innovations. Um, the the app has had, um, you know, was not only, f last year we had virtual stuff that only the virtual people could see. And this year, when we had Jill Schiffelbein running around doing behind the scenes, doing interviews, uh, daily jump starts and all that, it's now available to, to both the people in person and virtual. Mm -hmm. So a lot of innovations around it, and we've had, you know, we've had some really great feedback. Now, I've been doing it a very long time. Has there ever been a time where there weren't tweaks? Never, but it is exciting. No, and it really is great to be back. I mean, it's great to be back somewhat live last year, but this is a whole, this is back to what I feel. And do you think it's going to get back to the, the bigger ones? Are you going to be up to 6,000 or so eventually? You know, we were, we were at 6,300 back in 2019, but we were about to have one in Sydney with almost 2,000 people. Um, so, you know, we're looking at what happens as we become more and more global, as the world opens up, you know. Do we have one in Sydney? Do we have one in, the, in, in Europe? Do we have one in Asia? Uh, 
don't know exactly. I remember that was the plan at one time, and then of course COVID yeah. hits, and you know. Well, we have all the on-tours. We have you know we have the on-tours, whatever. So, but anyway, it's a fundamental core of what we do. Um, you know, and I feel like this network has been at the at the leading edge of human connection through the through what we do. But it's not just. I don't believe it's just. You know, I'm very proud of what we do as a team and create that conduit. But I think we also have a culture that makes this work, right? Because people take it seriously. We have fun, but I mean, anybody that's been here knows. I love it when like GMs or presidents or CEOs come here who thought their salespeople were having fun until they come and kind of like see it themselves. I met a few of those. They said, no, no, this is this is work. Believe me, they can party at the end of the time at Club V, but at the end, they got to work for four or five days, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now, let's talk, you mentioned the network, and, and let's talk about Virtuoso itself, and obviously the last three years have been crazy, and, and you've had to do a lot of changes. How has the organization come through COVID uh, and the pandemic, and what have you learned from this period? Well, you know, we had actually been working on kind of a, uh, I call it a rewiring of the way we operate in order to be a more, uh, a better global company uh, 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 and all the various areas of the company working together, a uh, lot more digital, a lot more specialization, um, and particularly global. So one of the first investments we made is we started putting general managers in different regions around the world where they have their own local teams um, and it's really paying off um, the speed at which we're doing things uh, a lot we've put a lot of uh, emphasis on data uh, and data analytics uh, in order to, to create the ability to track and help our, our members kind of really manage and help move advisors up the chain of, of, of success uh, in a very real-time basis. And the bottom line for success of a virtuoso member is increasing their luxury index and helping them take advisors from basically new to what we call icons. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably like during the pandemic, you know, you know, you know me, right? It's like hard for me to give you one answer to anything, but I actually do have this. If you were to say there's only one, you can only pick one thing you're the most proud of that this organization has accomplished, it's definitely our mission statement. Mm -hmm. The amount of new talent that, you know, because we started focusing on that 20 years ago, the amount of new talent that we have generated over the past, particularly 20 years, but even the, particularly the last 10 years, is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. And the, Diversity of it in age and in location and all that is is quite impressive. No, you've done it, Cranda. And but basically, your numbers have, uh, in terms of agency members and preferred suppliers, have not only remained stable; they've grown during the pandemic. Is my impression right? No, they absolutely have grown. And uh, you know, again, we use the analytics to make sure we never want to be an organization where oh well, we'll just take anybody. We really are very very strict about can we support it? Do we have the volume? Do we have the right things? But for example, um, with so many younger virtuoso advisors, you know, lifestyle product is very important for us. So we've added a lot of lifestyle product, um, but it's working. Uh, it's working really well um, in all those areas, and we also now have regional products. So, in order to be relevant in Europe, in Australia, in Asia, and Latin America, we also have regional partnerships uh, that make up something that may not be really appropriate for an American traveler, but 
is something that a Brazilian or a Chinese or a, a Aussie traveler wants. No, absolutely. And you have this globalization of virtuoso over the past few years seems to be increasing and you're growing in every part of the world, I think, right? And the way it helps our U.S. advisors is the fact that we, that we have this is it broadens the portfolio. So, you know, having the, you know, a great hotel in Krakow may not be the number one destination for an American, but because of all of our European members, mm -hmm. right? We have that vice versa. You know, our Australian uh, members are the number one producers in Bali, mm -hmm. right? And we get, a, you know, a US, a US advisor gets the benefit of that. Mm -hmm. And when an Aussie tr uh, advisor needs to send someone to that really exotic destination called Mexico, <laughs> right? They get the benefit on the other side of it, and that's how it's always worked. That's great. Now let's talk about, uh, you, you put out a lot of surveys, uh, results of surveys here, showing uh, that even in the last few years, and this year especially, on the comeback year, mm -hmm. that luxury travel is certainly back, at least for your members, where overall you don't see maybe total recovery in travel until 24, 25. You guys are back now, and everybody's saying, well, 22 was gonna be a kind of a, a good year, but not a, a great year. But this has turned into a great year, and 23 is even better. Uh, what do you attribute that? How is that happening? Well, uh, the rich got richer during the pandemic, right. and nothing. They didn't go anywhere, too. They didn't go anywhere, and it's, but you know, uh, and what ended up happening is, is that nothing motivates human behavior like having something taken away that you, you know, you took for granted, or in a more fun kind of way. We had a virtuoso client who said, you know, you better tell your advisors to eat their wheaties and get ready because there's only so much wine and so much furniture I can buy. <laughs> and they've been doing it the last two years, right? Yeah. yeah. So also, do you think, does, I mean, every time we, we see one of these crises come in, and this was the biggest one, I think, since yeah. you and I have been in, in this business, uh, you think luxury travel is sort of impervious to, to uh, this kind of thing? They're always going to spend at some point. There may be some hesitation. Let's say, you know, stock market values go yeah. really down. But is, is there something about luxury travel that makes it, kind of impervious to these these uh, these events? I think it'll be generally impervious. I think one of the problems we have, though, now that there's so much emphasis on luxury travel, is talking about luxury travel today, um, it needs to be segmented, too, because... It's amorphous, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it has become such a big category, right? And there's, you know, there's kind of, you know, I've heard the term mastige, right? Kind of like it's really more a broader appeal but it's it's kind of premium kind of thing so it depends and it depends on the marketplace the big one of the things that's that's you know i was talking to one of our brazilian members is that you know their lift their airlift that's one of the big issues that we're having right now is, is the airlift sometimes is not depending on where you are in the world but i do believe i do believe the number one correlating factor to between luxury travel and 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 spending has been the equities market the stock market um, but I think we're into. I, I think we're in for about a year, to maybe a couple of years, maybe a little bit longer. Where it may not be absolute, but there's more of a buffer right. uh, of that effect. So that even if you look at the volatility of the market we've had, 23 numbers are off the charts. I mean, they're 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 incredible. But I was surprised how well 22 was going. Well, for us, 22, we were we were uh, we were above uh, 2019. Already, Amazing. it's just crazy. I, and and you, you said you got a buffer about two years for this run, 
uh, hopefully, hopefully longer, but we'll see what happens. But uh, all right, so I want to close, uh, talk to you about two sort of favorite topics of yours. Uh, one of the things you're continuing doing is your wander list, which is a way to get travelers to dream about travel and connect with advisors. Uh, you've actually improved, done some improvements to that. Talk a little bit about that and how do you see wander list operating in the future uh, for both your, your customers and, and your, your advisors? Well, Wanderlist originally started as a kind of a product, kind of that standalone, and I, I now kind of look at Wanderlist as really more of an activity, which is how do you get, it's, Wanderlist is part of a bigger client engagement strategy that we have, uh, how, to, how to get um, luxury clients to engage in being more proactive and thinking about the future. So Wanderlist has a new feature that allows anybody that sets up a one list to make it public, so to publish it. Whereas before, you, if you, whoever started a one list, you know, the advisor could start the, in, an individual traveler, then you would invite people via email, but only those people got to, got to see that one list. Now, you can create a one list, publish it, somebody else sees it, go, oh, that's cool, that's, that's James's, like, favorite way of seeing London or, right. or, or Cartagena, right? Where I want to go. Or right. wherever you want to go. And then I can basically look at that and then I can privatize it and then make it my own and then change it up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, uh, we're, we, the, the term we use is, we think it's going to be a really powerful social connector um, and it's an amazing dreaming tool. Uh, that's also embedded in the new campaign that we, that we yeah, launched. Yeah, well that was big thing, So Virtuoso, that right. you just launched. That's pretty big. Uh, and it's a marvelous video you put out. And now I'm kind of waiting to see how you're going to roll that out and get this out. But I think it's going to be a very effective campaign. Yeah. And so you have the, the new campaign, So Virtuoso. You have one list. And then you have the evolution of our consumer content around all these passion points. Right. That's all. Yeah. Now, and of course, another uh, uh, topic I want to talk to you about is sort of a personal, you and I were there, what, 17, 18 years ago when uh, Sir Richard Branson was first launching uh, Virgin Galactic, and of course, we've been waiting and waiting. Uh, You're on the list to go, I know that, Uh, and then you made some changes too, because I remember I got the release, I said, wait a minute, I thought Virtuous already had a relationship with Virgin Galactic, but you've actually changed and and augmented that relationship Mm -hmm. so all of your advisors can sell space travel, right? Right. And in, in when we first signed up Virgin Galactic in 2007, they had already started a program called the Accredited Space Agent. Right. And back then, the idea was that the advisor had to go through this massive training in order to, in order to really be part of the whole full-on sales cycle. Um, and we got the exclusives for the Americas. And then we had a lot of ASAs, Virgin, that actually joined us through that program. Right. They became Virgin members. So we had like 80% of all the ASAs. But eventually, when they went public and they did this, we that we sunsetted that program um, back uh, in December of last year. Um, but then, with Blair Rich, the new chief commercial officer coming in, we crafted a new program that's really more of a referral program. Mm-hmm. So the advisor really doesn't have to do a lot of work, except they get a front of the line. I just actually had Blair tell me something. They're going to pretty much stop selling at a thousand seats. They already have eight hundred and some. Sold, but I was just told they're look the the last hundred seats. They're actually going to uh, apply it to science projects and science customers. So what that means is we have an exclusive block of fifty seats that are only available through Virtuoso, and any Virtuoso advisor can do a referral. So that. I literally found out about this yesterday. That means that what we have is even more exclusive. No, really. And the point for this. Uh, 
the point for us is that this really helps our reputation in the ultra high net worth um, community around the world. No, that's great. And you have your seat reserved, right? I'm going, and it's so funny. People always say, well, when is it going? What's going? I said, well, I could tell you somebody is going. When it's ready, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you only go before it's ready. And also, you, you, yeah. you got in on the ground floor, so you got, you got a bit of a discount. <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, well no, not at the time, but no. There were no discounts, <laughs> but I look really smart because they, the, the price is now more than doubled, right? right? But I will tell you this. Uh, you know, like, for example, one of the reasons I'm so loyal and that I love Virgin Galactic versus, versus some of the other right. uh, <laughs> some of the other choices, I live in Texas. I don't have any desire to drive to West Texas and just go up and down. Um, so you can figure out who that's. I, I know but, that is, yeah. but the point for me is I think the biggest difference as a product is the Virgin Galactic product really is a full experiential thing of which the, the space flight is an element. They've right. just bought land in New Mexico. They have a space camp or something. Oh, they're building an incredible camp there. The way they're going to uh, infuse my family into it. Uh, if you have ever never Googled the terminal hangar facility in, in Sir Norman Foster that Will Smith used in a movie. I mean, it's the whole experience and the Virgin Galactic community, right? right? So. It's way to events and things like yeah, that. You said way, the Farnsworth. You went to the air show. Thing. Oh, I mean, I did. I did. You know, the Farnsburg, the Farnborough Air Show. We they did a thing called Camp Eclipse, where they built a camp in Idaho to see the full eclipse of the of the sun. I mean, so the overall. I mean, things that literally people would have paid what I paid to go to space just to go to that. So it's a full experience. Sounds great, and I hope you get up next year up there finally. I know Sir Richard has already been there, but we're looking forward to it. Now, um, anything else you want to say? We go out to about, now we're up to about 106,000 travel advisors on our database, including a lot of your folks. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else you want to say to them, both about Virtuoso and what, what's been happening this week? Well, I think throughout the pandemic, look, we went from drought to flood, right? right? A lot of DIYers now all of a sudden want to use advisors. Right. Um, a lot of them, quite frankly, don't understand or really value what it is. Take care of yourself. If you're an advisor, there's too much business to be had. Get rid of the people that suck the life energy out of you. It's not worth it, and I'm telling you, when you get rid of that person that just doesn't really understand or value you, and you do that and have the courage to do that, I'm telling you that somebody of greater value will come to you. So take care of yourself. Take care of that life energy. It's super important. What you do is important to travelers, so make sure that you, you give your time and your energy to those that appreciate what you do. Matthew, I want to thank you once again for taking the time. It's always great to get together. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of you the rest of the year. I know probably um, maybe ILTM and probably uh, WTTC. I think so. Uh, we, may, we may see be talking to Matthew, his impressions of those, uh, those events. We're all going to Saudi Arabia uh, uh, for WTTC, which is going to be fascinating. And then, of course, there's the, the ILTM is also a great event. Again, thank you for inviting me once again to this wonderful, I think, I don't know when I'm up to, about 25. I'm not sure. Sure. Not, I don't, not as many as you, but uh, I'm getting there. Yeah, so thanks. Has as many as, many as I do. I know. Well, I hope so. There's no <laughs> I possible. Start it. <laughs> <laughs> start it. Anyway, great to see you. Thank you. And thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll look for you tonight. Thank you. Okay. I'll be on the dance floor after 11. <laughs> I'll go until you dance with Valerie, and then I'm gone. But there you Valerie go. Valerie Wilson is a travel agent who, uh, who's been around for a, a long time. She and just had her 80th birthday. Just had her 80th birthday, and Matthew, this is when you know you can leave the party because <laughs> if you can stand, you know, if she's going to party, you got to party with her. Anyway, it's been great once again to be back, and look forward to next year, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody.
I'm James Schellinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.